0: This episode of Goodbye, Mellow Brick Road is brought to you by American Apparel. American Apparel is, you know, when you think of clothing, you think of, like, you know, what am I going to wear that's going to make me feel effortless in clothing that is iconic, a fashion favorite, and ethically made? Well, fortunately for you, American Apparel is ethically made. It is sweatshop free effortless basics and iconic fashion favorites for women for men and for kids i know this is this podcast is uh, pretty popular with kids you can shop t-shirts hoodies denim and more you can get free shipping on orders of over fifty dollars plus a little something that we like to call free returns the coupon code that you're going to want to use it's going to be ever 20 AA, all in caps e-v-e-r two zero a a so you can see that you can say You've saved because the offer, get get ready, buckle up for this one. This is $20 off, $100 sets. That's pretty great. American Apparel, do it. We're going to have in this episode, I'm going solo, not like the new Han Solo movie, which doesn't look that good to me. I'm going solo because this is a list that I've come up with that I don't care what anyone else's opinion is. It is, we're doing the best of 2017, no matter what no matter what the category we're doing it i'm not going to do top five tweets though because that'd be lame to just read tweets so we're going to do it all right here we go we're back we have the so this is i came up with a little something there's like a medium notepad you can check out it's called Sierra ronan deserves an oscar because she does And I figured that's one of the strongest opinions I have, so that's what I named my thing where I write down my opinions on things. And so I did top five music albums, and you know, like I was like, you know, Kendrick last year was pretty good. There was a new Lindsey Buckingham album with Christine McVie. There's Jay Z, Lana Del Rey, but I think, and there was like some pretty good musical albums too, like Coco had some good original music, Greatest Showman. But I'm going to say Beauty and the Beast had my favorite original soundtrack, even though some of the songs were just, you know, covers. But, you know, I love Ewan McGregor singing anything. So you can't go wrong. But I put that at number three, because my number five is Run the Jewels 3. Number three, not number three. It's number five. Run the Jewels 3 is number five. And it's by Run the Jewels, of course. It's, uh, you know, I wouldn't have known it without Black Panther's help. But how do we know any albums, really? And I've never been the biggest hip-hop or rap guy, but i was ready to step into the spotlight woo let's see we got number four harry styles by of course harry styles uh this is one no no one saw this coming i was like harry styles that's not gonna be anywhere near my top five but uh it's pretty good and if you're not listening to it you're missing out we already talked about beauty and the beast number two is gonna be songs of experience by U2. The of course songs of innocence came out what was that like three years before Songs of Experience and they put it in everyone's iTunes for free and everyone got mad about it because I don't know why it was a free album you can calm down you'll be fine you'll survive it's pretty cool though it's like a follow up sort of to Songs of Innocence and it's sort of just like there's one song on there that kind of continues Song for Someone which was my favorite from Songs of Innocence and 10 out of 10 would recommend but number one know, if anyone if you if you know me at all you'd know this would be my number one it's melodrama by lord lord is the great musician of this new generation of musicians she is very art pop type music and each one of her songs is like Very lyrically dense, and each one has just like a cool sound of its own, and I was really into it. I'm not, I'm no music critic, but that's just what I like to listen to. As for books, I don't really have a particular order. You know, I read The Hobbit. You know, I read Alexander Hamilton biography. I read some Sedaris, some Du Bois, some Noah Hawley, but my sister wrote Venus, so that's a good one. It's like a road trip type deal. It's gonna be on Amazon, I'm pretty sure. I saw it in some bookstores. Papa Hemingway by A.E. Hochner is probably the best. It's not really a biography of Hemingway, it's just sort of like a memoir of somebody who hung out with Hemingway and his identity revolved around this great author. Man Seeking Woman, I actually liked a lot better than the actual TV show version of it. Simon Rich, former writer uh, Saturday Night Live it's a it's a very absurd book but I adore it number two I had I also had uh, the Bobby Kennedy biography by Larry Ty, making of a liberal icon uh, I love Bobby Kennedy he's my favorite politician ever and the book was sad but you know I also loved if you know me you've probably seen me liking some tweets out there you know by Jomney Sun everyone's an here, Okay, so this is how I pronounce it. I pronounce it, everyone's a alien when you're a alien too. But apparently it's pronounced, everyone's a alien when you're a alien too. Because the B is silent, but I like saying alien. I think it's more fun that way. And it's just like, I got made fun of a lot of for reading this book. I got I got a lot of shit for it. But you know what? It's great. It's poetic. It's beautiful. It's Shell Silverstein for a more sensitive soul. We're on a podcast right now. I think I think that's one of the inarguable facts about this podcast. But I'm not going to include in this next category of my top five podcast episodes of the year this podcast. Nor will I include the home base from Kurt, the Pod Father, because I'm not going to get too synergy with you, and no one wants to hear that. Uh, but there's some great. There's so many great podcasts out there. You know, there's like TV Avalanche did an All Parks and Rec podcast. Modern Love had a story narrated by Andrew Rannells. Binge Mode went deep on Coco. Um, you know, StoryCorps had a whole space episode. You Talking, You Too to Me had two new episodes. Mark Maron interviewed Lord Origins. Did Curb Your Enthusiasm? House of Carbs celebrated Thanksgiving. Of course, The Watch did 25 Best Movies of the Century with Lord's Melodrama in the same episode, and I listened to that on a bus from Maine, and it was delightful. But none of these are in my top five, which is shocking. But that's okay because the top five is hard to crack. For number five, Pod Save America, Obama's last interview. It was probably one of the earliest episodes they did of the new iteration of their podcast. And I listened to it on a plane. It was great to have at least one last go with Obama. And it was just, I just loved listening to all of them talk together. Number four, 2017 Holiday Spectacular from, of course, Comedy Bang Bang, the old CBB. I just love anytime time Gino can get together with Ho-Ho and John Lennon and, you know, the prodigal Neil Brett. Wait, Ernie Brett. Sorry, how can I forget the most popular guest of Comedy Bang Bang? Number three, another one I listened to on the plane with Seth Meyers and Michael Schur visiting the Bill Simmons podcast to talk Patriots-Steelers. And it's even made even better because the Patriots ended up winning the Super Bowl, and I'm recording this after they lost the Super Bowl, but you know what? We went to the Super Bowl in back-to-back years. That's like saying that you'd rather not be in this crazy number two the Rewatchables, is one of my favorite podcast, new podcast of the year they did face off it was hilarious shay serrano was great in it uh bill simmons was great i think jason concepcion said something bizarre about michael douglas i don't remember how it came up and number one it was my star wars it was the pause cast. michael shore creator of the good place joe posnansky baseball writer Linda Holmes, NPR host. Alan Seppenwall, TV critic. Mike DeSenso, head writer for The Tonight Show, starring Jimmy Fallon. He follows me on Twitter, shout out. Uh, And, of course, Brandon McCarthy, pitcher now for, oh, what is he, he got traded. He, he was traded from the Dodgers, but where did he get, I think it's Atlanta? I want to say he got traded to Atlanta. I'm Googling it now as we speak. Yes, he's in Atlanta now, and he's a baseball pitcher. He picked Christmas Eve in Sarajevo, and I just remember listening to that podcast while I was laying on a couch with a Christmas tree, and those are the moments when I'm happiest, and I just love listening to all of them talk together. It was wonderful. Top five tweets, you can check those out on... Sierra Sharonin deserves an Oscar. I will say that Jomney Sun, Chrissy Teigen, Lin-Manuel Miranda, Dan Mentos, Fred Delicious... Billy Eichner, No Good Pavement, and The Tweet of God are all present on the list, which includes 15 more in addition to a top five. So, you know, it's probably for the best. Top five television episodes of the year. There are so many great episodes from, like, solo runs of American Gods and Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Feud and Bob's Burgers and Master of None. Good place, but... My top five. Number five, the gang goes to a water park. There's a moment in this episode where I laugh so hard, I'm pretty sure I punched my best friend. Like, I'm glad it wasn't her face. I punched her, I think, in the kneecap. Probably didn't feel good, but it's a hilarious bit of work from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Number four, Black Mirror. One of the most episodic shows on this list. The USS Callister. I love Black Museum, I was a pretty big fan of Hang the DJ, but the Callister episode was just everything you could have ever wanted. Number 3, Who Rules the Land of Denial by Fargo. By Fargo from Fargo. Episode 8 of Fargo. It's great. It's everything that Fargo is and should be. It's mysterious, it's it's science fiction, but it's also like the supernatural and there's like homages, but also it creates so much cool imagery of its own and it's thrilling and it's it's perfect. And it's very funny. Number two, American Bitch. I could have really picked any episode from the final season of Girls. I low-key kind of wanted to pick what are we going to do this time about Adam. But American Bitch, I think, was the most important one that Lena Dunham created in the final season of Girls. And number one, Finding Francis, the feature-length episode of Nathan for You, which is more than likely going to be the series finale of Nathan for You. It's Nathan for You is one of the funniest shows ever made. And Finding Francis is just so... Beyond funny It's heart-wrenching and sad And Thought-provoking And Inspiring, I guess I don't know, it's just It's like a study of the human condition My favorite television performances of the year I'd be remiss if I didn't give some shout-outs To Reed Scott, who went tan on Veep Kit Harrington who Went to The Sand On Game of Thrones as Jon Snow. Amy Sedaris, wonderful and at home. Jonathan Groff. Claire Foy. She was great. Mindy Kaling, of course. Of course, Mindy Kaling and the Mindy Project. David Thulis on Fargo. Adam Driver on Girls. Michael McKean on Better Call Saul. Lena Waithe, Master of None, but of course, the top five. Number five, Louis Anderson, Baskets. You can pretty much just slot him here every year. He's always going to be a contender. He's just so beautiful in that role number four elizabeth moss the handmaid's tale the tour de force of the year she has won like pretty much every award she could possibly win number three ted danson and this he'll be here next year too not even including what i saw from the good place in this year but in 2017 ted danson delighted me on the good place and number two katherine langford 13 reasons why is not a great show there's a lot of problems with it but she was great as hannah baker i will stand by that forever at number one. These performances are so tied together that I couldn't even begin to think about separating them. So I put them at number one together. Alison Brie and Mark Maron on Glow. I think Mark Maron is playing the role that is perfect for him. And Alison Brie is playing a role that is so challenging and she pulls it off. Like it looks so effortless. Speaking, of, we're going to continue with TV shows though. And there's so many great shows out there like Mindy, Veep, Wet Hot, Saul, Curb. Big Little Lies, Nathan For You, BoJack, Girls. But my top five is exclusive. There's a lot of exclusives in there. Number five, Game of Thrones. People are keeping this out of their top five this year, and I'm like, you're just overlooking the phenomenal achievements that this show is reaching every single minute it is on in the summer. And who knows when it'll be back. Number four, DuckTales. I mean, what can be said that hasn't already been said about this show? It's got Bobby Moynihan as Huey, Ben Schwartz as Dewey, and I'm pretty sure Danny Pudi is Louie. I think I have that right. But, you know, there's guest spots. You know, Lin-Manuel is going to be on it. I think Jim Rash, I heard Paul F. Tompkins. It's just... And it's so... Like, the original show is great and nostalgic, but this one is, like, like, a genuinely good show. Like, I don't even know what to make about it, how good it is. I can't even rave enough about it. It's just, like impossibly good three number three we got Fargo right in the same spot where it was with the episode Fargo was wonderful it's it was dark it was dark this year but Ewan McGregor was great Gary Coon was great David Thewlis was great every single person contributed to make a standout season of a standout show I'm, I will say that season two I did prefer but season three even though I did not prefer it, it's still obviously such quality television number two The Good Place you might be seeing this at number one next year. I mean, if things keep going the way they're going, I wouldn't be surprised. It was, it's just, I like, every time I watch it, I'm just like, I can't even begin to like sing the praises of it. It's just so good. Ted Danson and Kristen Bell, obviously, are television all-stars, but the other, the supporting cast of William Jackson Harper and Manny Jacinto, Jacinto, I don't know, and Jamila Jamil and Darcy Cardin. it's they're so funny the writing is so smart and th- thought thoughtful and clever and warm and sensible it's just it's fantastic and number one master of none it's just what can I, I just it's art it is little it's actually like art the thief episode with the bicycle the new york episode was great with the deaf sign language part the thanksgiving episode is one of the most important parts of television of the year the supersized episode that he did with like the romance it's just it's operating on a level that i didn't know could exist and it just goes i think it helps to show just how talented the group that made parks and rec was television great year for television some shout outs to things i didn't really mention santa clarita diet was really funny Animals is like so underrated. The Leftovers, of course. What a final season for The Leftovers. Stranger Things, Steve was great on that this year. So there's The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. There's a lot of good television out there. SNL had a pretty good year. I'm over Alec Baldwin as Trump, but whatever. All right, let's move into movies now. Top five movie performances of the year. There's so many great performances of the year. Like. Jenny Slate in Landline, and Jeremy Renner in Wind River, and Michelle Pfeiffer in Murder in the Orient Express, Tom Hanks in The Post, and Jessica Chastain in Molly's Game. I'm pretty much just going to list this whole thing. Kyle Mooney in Brigsby be Bear, Daisy Ridley in The Last Jedi, Francis McDormand in Three Billboards, Rooney Mara in A Ghost Story. A lot of great performances. But only five can make the top five. And even though I grouped one together, I'm counting it as one. Number five, Daniel Kaluuya in Get Out where did he even come from black mirror is all i ever saw him in he just came out of nowhere and now he's got a best acting nomination and he deserves it number four margot robbie in i tanya it takes a lot it takes a lot to make a character like tanya harding a sympathetic one but margot robbie proved herself worthy of being up to the task number three i love Kumail, and i love emily gordon in the big sick did i say em- no no Zoe Kazan. Emily Gordon did write the movie. She's great. She's a great writer. But Ray Romano and Holly Hunter, their performances together were wonderful as parents. Ray Romano is so funny in this movie. He's funnier than he ever was on Everybody Loves Raymond. Hot take. And Holly Hunter deserved an Oscar nomination. I don't know what they were doing snubbing her. Number two. I'm going to pronounce his name wrong. But I'm going to pronounce it how I think it's pronounced. Vicky Creeps from Phantom Thread. Creeps? I don't know. She's Belgian, I think. Mm, Luxembourgian? i don't know something like that she steals the movie straight out of the legs from daniel day lewis she is so good she is the heart and soul of this movie she is what makes it work and number one it's she's the reason for the blog that i have now Sear Sharone and ladybird performance of the year obviously she's been so good in things like brooklyn and the grand Budapest hotel and atonement and now ladybird i think might be my favorite of hers as much as i love brooklyn So you can see my full list of the 82 movies that I saw, the feature-length movies from this year that were released this year on Letterboxd. It'll be just letterboxd.com slash Dave Mello. You'll be able to find that there. And as much as I'd love to gush about all these movies like The Greatest Showman and Spotting and Three Billboards and Mother and Star Wars The Last Jedi and The Disaster Artist, which was wonderful, Jane the Documentary and Molly's Game and Blade Runner and Shape of Water... I'm going to only... Okay, you know what? I'm just going to do top 11 because that's the move, those are the movies I want to include. Number 11, because it's my podcast, I can do whatever the hell I want. So, Number 11, we're going to do The Disaster Artist. It did not... I had very, very high expectations for this, and it did not beat them, but that's my own fault. Um, it's still very good. I think I gave it 4.5 out of 5 stars on Letterboxd, and it deserves that because it's compelling, and it's probably the best movie James Franco has ever made number 10 i put thor ragnarok because the more i thought about it i was like you know what i had so much fun with this movie why can't it be in the top 10 right it's just it's so much fun it's a joy ride number nine i put the big sick i love rom-coms and this was like an actually good rom-com so that was great number eight beauty and the beast because i'm not cynical and i love seeing emma watson as bell she was perfect and everything was perfect about it number seven i put get out get out was great i don't i'm not the biggest horror movie fan but i think it was more of a thriller to be honest and i know that's such oh what a hot take oh dave thinks this white guy named dave thinks that get out was more of a thriller what a hot take i know but you know what i liked it number six phantom thread phantom thread used to be all the way at 14 the more i thought about it the more i'm like you know what phantom thread is going to be one of the masterpieces that people will remember from this year so i had to put it all the way up at number six because it deserves it it's so intricate and detailed and every single aspect of it is so thought out and perfect and it might be the best the objectively best rom-com ever made quote-unquote rom-com but it it is daniel uh, paul thomas anderson one of the great directors of all time he's like i'm gonna make a rom-com number five a ghost story it's a very much a dave mellow movie uh, I just love the idea of putting Casey Affleck under a sheet for an hour and 30 minutes and then having Rooney Mara eat a pie for six of those minutes. It's just... And it's like completely about what life means, and that's I love that kind of thing. Number four, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, my favorite installment of the Marvel Cinematic Universe to date. Baddest soundtrack I've ever heard of compilated, compiled songs. Um, the humor, I like better. Even though it's not as consistent, I do like it better. The characters go deeper, the storylines are more intricate, and I know that it's got a lot of haters, but I'm willing to look past a lot of it because I just really enjoyed the experience of it, and I think it's really moving, and I think it really... like People talk a lot about, I want this movie to set the stage for Infinity War, but the way you get to know the characters in this one, that sets a better stage than they could ever imagine by showing like Thanos in a movie. Number three, Coco. I bawled like a little baby watching Coco. I don't even want to say anything more than that. But it's one of Pixar's best movies. I don't... Like, I want to... Say, what color is the sky? I mean more, I mean more. That's one of the songs. It's un poco loco. Listen to it. It's... Oh, I just love it so much. I loved Coco. Number two, Baby Driver. The only thing I want to say about Baby Driver, it was in my Letterboxd review, which is, it's like if a jukebox fucked Rainbow Road. And that's all you need to know. Number one, I mean, I think I gushed about it pretty much earlier, but Lady Bird, it's going to be the movie that I think I remember the best. Well, not remember the best, but um holding the Highest Regard from 2017. It was just, Lady Bird was just really, really great. I don't know what's not to love about it. It was just emotional and funny and, like, kind of life-affirming. And Greta Gerwig just had a massive achievement. But I I just wanted to really vocalize these things because I make these lists and I don't know who sees them. And I wanted to get them out there because I want to share all these things that I love with people. And If you're looking for a book to read, a podcast to listen to, an album to enjoy, a tweet to laugh at, a show to binge or a movie to gush over, I hope I've helped you. We'll be back next week i'm gonna have some guests maybe two maybe one we're gonna see how it works out how the scheduling all shakes out but uh yeah american apparel ladybird from start to finish here we go